Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Yankees are in the driver's seat in their ALDS matchup with the Guardians despite some roster drama. The Astros completed a stunning comeback to win game one against the Mariners. And Eli Manning loves what Brian Dayball is doing in New York. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It is hard to call a 99-win Yankees team underdogs. And so I'm not going to because they're not technically underdogs, but there were plenty of people coming into this series in the ALDS that were picking the Cleveland Guardians to upset this Yankees team. That did not happen in game one. Garrett Cole went six and a third, giving up just one run. That's all the Guardians were able to muster. And the Yankees take game one, four to one. Joining me from Locked on Yankees, Stacey Gitsoulias, our resident pessimist is here after a game one win. And Stacy, what did what did you learn, if anything, about this team that you frankly had questions about for long stretches in the second half of this season? Well, I felt like it was the typical starting off slow, Cole gives up a home run kind of thing. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. um, the other teams that had buys except for the Dodgers were having issues on Tuesday against the lower seeded teams. And people were thinking it was the buy giving them the problem. And then they kind of woke up a little bit against Quantrill. Uh, Harrison Bader's home run, even though it just tied the game, it kind of gave them a little bit of life and made people realize, okay. And once Cole got past his first two iffy innings, because, you know, at one point it looked like he wasn't going to make it past four with all the pitches that he was throwing and making it into the seventh, you know, would have seemed like a miracle in the second inning, but he was able to do it. And he ended up pitching a pretty good game. Yeah, this had a kind of traditional baseball feel, didn't it? With, with, not a million pitching changes and there there weren't a million double switches and all kinds of interesting things that that they're trying to to throw out in there in the playoffs and that has become par for the course in modern baseball right but this Yankees bullpen gives up just two hits no runs and the bullpen has been a big part of this team uh, and their success this season this core for the Yankees not a proven group but if you're going to win in the postseason you need An outing like this, you need more outings like this from this Yankees bullpen. What tells you that this is sustainable for them? I don't, well, I'm hoping it's sustainable (laughs) for them given, you know, some of the guys who are injured and not going to be on the postseason roster, like Scott Efros. That was a shocking announcement today and kind of a blow, but getting Wandy Peralta back and getting Clay Holmes back is very important. And if they, can do what they did tonight and keep doing it during the playoffs throughout however far they go, that'll be a big key. Is there any concern from you about just from uh, uh, maybe a stress standpoint or, or, or anything like that, that this, this Aaron judge race will have some sort of like home run derby type of lingering effect on him. He goes over three with three strikeouts in this game. No, um, he hit a couple of foul balls that he just missed. I'm not really that worried about him. Um, He'll he'll get it together. Although someone had mentioned on Twitter something about his front shoulder looking kind of weird, how it was looking when he was really pressing for 62. And people were hoping he was not back into that habit. So we'll see what happens. But I think he'll snap out of it. He'll be fine. 
And then Anthony Rizzo is the, the kind of the hero in this game, right? The the two-run home run to clinch it and, and seal a victory. Although, of course, the Guardians, like I said, only got to that one run. Th this is the kind of move that on the margins can really improve your team. We're seeing it pay off here in the postseason. Yeah, that's the key. Um, the Guardians don't really score a lot. And if you can keep them to one run and get to their starters, which that has to be the key for the Yankees because their starters have a habit of holding people down. Yeah, this this is going to be an interesting series. I mean, it's nowhere near over. It's just one game. And, you know, the Yankees started it off right. What do the Yankees need to do to sustain this, this, this version of, of winning these games? Because if if they can win four one ball games, now it becomes really interesting because we know that they can score eight, nine, ten if they need to. But if you can win four one, that's playoff baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually good pitching beats good hitting, and you usually see usually low scoring games. And those are the kind of games that they need to win. And they had a lot of those games during the season. And even when they were losing, they were losing one run games, two run games. So their games tend to be close all the time. And hopefully they'll be on the winning end of them. Stay up to date all postseason on the New York Yankees by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Yankees podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, just how good was the comeback the Astros put together for Game 1 of the ALDS? Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. With the NFL in full swing, Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million users. And they launched a bunch of new features, including an over-unders game integrated right into their fantasy app. It's right there in the app you're already using for your fantasy league. And if you're not using it, you should be. I use it for my fantasy leagues. And now I can play their great over-under game. I already know what the stats look like. I already know what the projections are. I'm playing fantasy football. I'm using Sleeper. So why shouldn't I take that knowledge and make some extra money with it? Just take a couple players and pick over or under their projections. And then you choose the amount of money you want to wager. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Those are payouts you're not getting on other sites. And what makes this even better is it's already in the app you use. So you can let your friends know about it with the chat feature that's in the app. It is a great value add. So stop what you're doing and go download Sleeper Now to play their over under game and on your mobile phone you can join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars again go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details now here's what you need to be locked on today Las Vegas Raiders coach Josh McDaniels voiced his support for wide receiver Devontae Adams on Tuesday afternoon, hours after a police report was taken on Adams pushing down a man at the conclusion of the Raiders' 30-29 loss at the Kansas City Chiefs on his way to the locker room Monday night. And although ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that Adams is facing discipline from the NFL, McDaniels said he did not yet know what may or may not come from the league. I support Devontae wholeheartedly as a human being, the coach said. Devontae Adams, for his part, said, I wanted to say sorry for him for that because 
It was just frustration mixed with him literally just running in front of me. If you watch the tape, this guy has no idea that an all pro receiver is about to be in his path and he is just moving. Adam says, I shouldn't have responded that way, but that's how I initially responded. So I wanted to apologize to him for that. Brett Favre said he has done nothing wrong and has been smeared in the media in response to his involvement in a sprawling welfare investigation in Mississippi, according to a statement given to Fox News Digital. According to a Mississippi state audit, $77 million in temporary assistance for needy family funds were diverted from the poorest people in America's poorest state toward rich and powerful Mississippians. Six people have been arrested in the case, five of whom have pleaded guilty to state charges. No one ever told me, and I did not know that funds designated for welfare recipients were going to the university or me, Favre said in a statement. His alma mater, Southern Miss, received $5 million in that TANF money transferred from the Department of Human Services to a nonprofit and eventually to USM's Athletic Foundation. This, according to the audit. A volleyball facility, wellness center, was built on campus. Text messages show Favre pushed for funding for a volleyball facility when his daughter was on the team. The Philadelphia Phillies keep on rolling with a game one win over the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Let's go, Nick Castellanos, are you kidding me? The Philadelphia Phillies win game one of the NLDS. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. What a ridiculous game. First off, Nick Castellanos is unbelievable. His best day at the plate as a Philly. Unbelievable at the dish. A sliding play in the ninth inning. They basically saved the game after Zach Eflin gives up what was a three-run home run to Matt Olson to make it a one-run game. By the way, I'm Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. Uh, man, just what a game for the Philadelphia Phillies. The top of the order produced. The bullpen got the job done. Sir Anthony Dominguez was amazing, absolutely amazing. Jose Alvarado was good as always. Uh, got some other stuff to work out with there, but man, uh, just a, a a great, great win. The Phillies can win in multiple ways, and they have so far this postseason. And now they're up one nothing in the NLDS, and tomorrow Zach Wheeler goes. Oh, it's going to be a fun locked on Phillies. Check out our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. And the Dodgers and Padres opened up their NLDS in L.A. At the end of the day, baseball's not that difficult. The only way to win a game is to score more runs than your opponent, and that's what the Dodgers did tonight. What's up? It's Jeff from Locked on Dodgers. Dodgers beat the Padres 5-3. The Dodgers' five runs came in the first three innings, all off Mike Clevenger. They knocked him out in the third inning, and then their bats went cold. They didn't have a base runner after the fourth inning, didn't have a hit after the third inning. But... They got enough done early. Julio Arias uh, allowed three runs in five innings, pitched really, really well until the fifth inning, struggled a little bit, but got through that inning to earn the win. And then the Dodgers bullpen was lights out. Evan Phillips was great, had a little bad luck. He walked uh, Juan Soto on a tough at bat and then a weak little infield single to Manny Machado, but he got out of that inning, threw too many pitches, but did great. Alex Vesey was nails, got five huge outs, bruised our Gratterall, threw one pitch and got maybe the biggest out of the, of the game, getting Manny Machado in that situation. And then Chris Martin came in and got the save in an easy, allowed a two-out hit, but really not much drama there in the ninth inning. All in all, you'll take it. Here is another story you need to know. The Seattle Mariners are no strangers to comebacks, but in game one of the ALDS, it was the Houston Astros coming back on them Five runs in the eighth and ninth innings combined, including a three-run walk-off jack from Jordan Alvarez. 
to give the Houston Astros a game one win. Joining me from Locked On Astros, Brett Chancy and Brett, this is an Astros team that comes in certainly as the favorite 106 win team. They needed to scrape and claw to get this one. How did they do it? Well, it didn't start as planned. And one of the ways that I said the Astros could lose game one is if the Mariners jump on Justin Verlander early, if Gilbert is locating his pitches, he's getting bats to miss, because it seemed like every time the Astros scored, the Mariners, even though they had already scored a couple, would score one or two more just to add on. Let's just tack on the extra run. And Seattle clearly had momentum coming into this game. And I'm like, if they get to our ace the first game, and then we've got to face Luis Castillo down 0-1. That may be a almost disastrous um, outcome because the Astros and every ALDS have gone up 2-0 every ALDS that they've been in since 2015. So for the Astros, uh, this is a Mariners team that had famously not been to the playoffs in a long time. On the flip side of this, Houston has a ton of playoff experience, including the aforementioned Justin Verlander. What role do you think that played in a game like this, where you go, as you mentioned, you go down early and you have to fight back late? What I saw, because I was there in person, there was no give up in this team. There was no panic. There was no, you can tell when players are afraid of what's coming, or you can see kind of them getting fearful, or almost it seems like they don't try each at bat. Like the longer the game goes and the more things aren't working, they just kind of buy into that. And a couple hits here or there, a couple early knocks, but the key part of that walk-off was the rookie, David Hensley, his first postseason at bat, getting hit by pitch and getting on base. Without that, this doesn't happen. Jordan Alvarez's home run only ties it if Jordan Alvarez, the left fielder, doesn't gun down Ty France at home plate earlier in the game. Great point. You need you need to have the defense in there as well. So this Justin Verlander bit, not just for game one, but, but moving forward in this series and in this postseason, potentially, we're talking about a guy who was brilliant beyond brilliant this season. But he's also 39. He gives up six earned in this game on 10 hits. What is your concern level about Justin Verlander moving forward? That this might be just a, a lot for a guy at his age with the kind of mileage that he has, that he could be wearing down in the postseason. He did not look like himself because his last start in the regular season against the Phillies, he had set, he tied an Astros record of striking out eight straight batters. This is the Phillies team that had something to play for. And you hope that he's not wearing down, but tonight he was very hittable. And I made the joke on Twitter, and it was totally tongue-in-cheek. I said, it's almost like the Mariners know what's coming, almost like they know what pitches are coming their way, because that's what it seemed like. Every time you Did we hear Justin any trash Berlin, can banging? Did not hear any trash <laughs> can banging, but I'm wondering if they had cameras in center field. I digress. But I think Justin Verlander looked really frustrated. I've seen him give up a couple runs here or there in a game, but the length that he would walk off the mound and back to the pitching rubber concerned me. Him staying into the fourth concerned me. And then some of the moves, Javier, Brown, these different pitching moves, I was like, wait, I thought you are going to use Javier as a starter. And so it actually worked out. And Dusty Baker outmanaged um, Scott Service. Stay up to date all postseason on the Houston Astros by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Astros podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. 
Coming up, Eli Manning loves what is going on with the New York Giants. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? The new cookie dough flavor is unbelievable. Built has done it again. And it is going to be a crowd pleaser in your family, in your house, in your apartment. Maybe it's just you. It will be a hit, I'm telling you, covered in 100% real chocolate with real cookie dough chunks, plus the protein-infused marshmallow. I'll say that again. It often bears repeating. Protein-infused marshmallow, yet it's only 160 calories with 15 grams of protein. Run, don't walk. You can afford to because you're getting a protein bar. Built.com will have everything you need there. And it's the perfect treat, even though it's not a treat. It just tastes like a treat. It's giving you fuel for your body. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. I know I do. They're a big hit in my family. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. LOCKEDON's Patricia Traina had Super Bowl champion quarterback Eli Manning on LOCKEDON Giants. And Eli is impressed with what Brian Dayball has been able to do for the Giants early in this season. Yeah, well, I think uh, Coach Dable and, and Joe Shane have done a great job just, you know, coming in, uh, changing the culture, trust, you know, giving giving the players that they have confidence in them there, let them go out there and, and, and play their style of football. And so it's been, uh, it's been fun to see. It's been fun to watch, um, you know, just them, you know, win these close games. And I think, I feel like that's been the difference these last couple of years. They've gotten games to the fourth quarter and just haven't been able to make some plays down the stretch to win. And then this year they are, and it's, it's, it's both sides of the ball. And, and offensively they're doing great things in the second half and fourth quarter defense getting critical stops down the stretch. And so um, it, it's just, uh, it's exciting to see, uh, exciting to see these guys play well, you know, you know, a couple of the you know guys that I, that were there um, when I was still there, and so with Daniel Jones and Saquon, um, they're they're playing. Uh, I feel like they're at their best level, which is uh, which is fun to watch. Speaking of Saquon, Eli, you had him in your final year. What does a guy with his talent do to help a quarterback? I mean, I got to think it takes some of the onus off of a quarterback to have to throw the ball constantly. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously uh, with his with his running ability, uh, it, you know, in a lot of a lot of ways, if you're running the ball well, just it keeps those you know uh, those safeties and more guys in the box where you should have one, more one on one on the outside. It sets up the play action. It sets up the bootlegs and the misdirection that I think the Giants have been relying on this year uh, in several games of do, you know being very creative uh, in their play action. It slows down that pass rush. If you're just in shotgun and teams who know you're throwing the ball, uh, it puts it puts a lot of pressure on that offensive line when you can be under center and doing the. Uh, different, you know, run play action is great. Also, Saquon's ability to catch the ball. I know, um, you know, I used to, I used to feed him the ball, you know, check downs and get him the ball early. It helps, you know, get the ball out of the quarterback's hand, and he can make, you know, just as big as plays uh, getting the ball to, in his hands in space. So he, he's, uh, he's playing great. Happy to, happy to see him. He's overcome a lot these last couple of years with injuries. Yes, indeed. And another guy who's playing great is Daniel. You mentioned Daniel before. Where have you seen him take the biggest jump so far? You know, I, I think with Daniel, it's just his, his uh, decision making, and um, and it's and it has not been easy. It, it, he's been in some tough situation with new receivers. 
um, you know, different guys in there, uh, you know, a brand new offense for him and, and you know, everybody around him. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, been situations where, hey, guys are getting covered. Guys maybe aren't winning every one-on-one matchup and he's, you know, wants to throw it, but, he, you know, he's got to pull it and, hey, he's got to take a sack or throw it away or run and get some positive yardage. So I just see him in, in, in several of these games as being tested you know, continually throughout the whole game. And he continues to make really good decisions with the ball, protecting it. And what that does, it just keeps them close in the games. It keeps them tight in the fourth quarter. And then you hope that, hey, your defense gives you a stop or gets a turnover and gives you a short field or offensively, you can hit a big run with a screen or a run play or get the play action going. And so they've, they've been able to do that. And they've, they've, they've risen to the occasion in the fourth quarter to win, win some of these games. For the rest of the Eli Manning interview and to stay up to date on the resurgent New York Giants, subscribe to Locked on Giants on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, speaking of the New York Giants, they're waiting for their punter to return from England. Jamie Gillen did not travel back with the team from London as he remains overseas dealing with a passport issue. Gillen, nicknamed the Scottish Hammer, is a native of Inverness, Scotland. He came to the United States as a teenager. The Giants remain confident that Gillen will return prior to their game against the Ravens on Sunday and have not worked out any replacement punters yet. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, which NFL team is in must-win territory this weekend? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.